Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to Get the Table, another Wrestling Roundtable discussion podcast with myself, Adam Wilborn, and one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Hampler from What Culture, here to discuss another burning wrestling issue. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts. We'll review Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AW Dynamite, pay-per-views. We have interviews, more roundtable discussions like this one, and a roundup of the week complete with a money good quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture, as I said, though, joined by Michael Hamplet. And, sir, we are gathered here. Oh, I mean, I'm in the office now, hence why it might sound a little bit echoey. But we are socially distanced here today uh, to talk about the WWE draft and who needs to move in it. I, I'm not going to say, well, who needs to move? Because you'll just say everyone. So we've got some other questions to deal with as well. <laughs> I'll start off with the fact uh, that it has been announced this week uh, per Andrew Zarian of the Mat Men podcast. There is going to be a two-night draft following SummerSlam. SummerSlam, of course, goes down on Saturday, the 21st of August. Uh, the draft will apparently happen on the Raw and SmackDowns after the Raw and SmackDowns after SummerSlam, if that makes sense. So uh, SummerSlam's 21st. The Raw uh, draft will be on August 30th uh, and the SmackDown draft will be on the 3rd of September. It feels like it comes around quicker every year, Michael Hamplin, and that's probably because it does. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, it's normally the drop one around October time. I love uh, post-SummerSlam drafts because they basically find the shortest distance between a draft and then wrestlers fighting for the brand as if their life depended on it, the Survivor Series. Mm. I think if you went back to April and gave a wrestler like six months to enjoy life on Raw or SmackDown, then I'd believe that they were loyal to the brand all too much. I want them, I want to watch them fake caring. Like the, the later this draft is in the year, September now, October and years prior, the more ridiculous it is that some of them have to fight this good fight for their red or blue or I guess black and yellow t-shirts around Survivor Series season. So yeah, it's um, it's one of them things, WWE have messed around with the calendar this year, but broadly, I think it's been for the best. Um, I don't, did we even have a draft last year? I don't think we did, did we? Like it was uh, too risky. One in October yeah. of last year. Was the one in October? Christ, was it really? Two I was in thinking- 2019, there was a draft and a superstar shakeup. I remember the ones in 2019. 
Um, but I was thinking that like, well, everything is so stale and it's so dangerous having people move around needlessly in the middle of a pandemic that why would you do one in 2020? But because WWE, of course, you do one in 2020. But I think this year, a bit like the moving um, money in the bank to July when they've got crowds back and realising that they can just toss off hell in a cell in the Thunderdome and nobody cares. I'm all for this happening whilst they've got some momentum off SummerSlam. How depressing was the wrestle was the fall off from WrestleMania when we'd had people in the stadium, social distance, but people in the stadium and then nothing. Thunderdome, Adnan Verk. That was what you had basically as a look how cool it is now that you've had crowds, you've also got this. So I'm all in favour of them just going back to back to SmackDown with John Cena, money in the bank with people, SummerSlam in the stadium, a one week break. And then the draft. Like I just need things to distract me from the churn. Whatever helps me forget about the churn is better for my weekly engagement with this product. I'm, I'm going to be getting angry during this podcast to use the history of the draft, but I genuinely thought, uh, maybe I've got that wrong. Maybe there wasn't a 2020 draft. There was, but it was that bollocks one where you could draft people to the same show. So the first pick of the first draft was Drew McIntyre from Raw to Raw. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, where they all just went in the big hat again, yeah. Yeah, um, so the big moves were Seth Rollins from Raw to SmackDown. We got rid of him. Of course, of course, yes. They just they didn't they just move the uh that was, that was a Wheel of Fortune night, wasn't it? We we yeah. watched Wheel of Fortune together on our on our legally acquired um Fox in the UK subscription. That was draft night, <laughs> just, wasn't it? Bailey just, Bailey and Sasha had their first match on draft night. Yeah, I I just looking back at some of this, like <laughs> The whole of retribution in one yeah. draft pick. <laughs> um, they were drafted from raw to raw. Um, yeah. uh, this was uh, also the one that saw Tucker immediately move from SmackDown to Raw. We went, well, that's that then. Yeah, got himself away. Fresh start. And, uh, and Arturo Huas went from NXT to Raw, and then I'm fairly certain about three weeks later showed up on NXT. So uh, you know, it's all good. Yeah. Dabakato. <laughs> I haven't seen much of Dabakato, I've got to be honest. No, I don't know what ever happened to him. I don't know what became of the old Dabakato. Yeah, Alistair Black there, drafted in the second night of the draft, drafted at number 29. The writing was on the wall, you feel like, at that point. Mm. Um, anyway, actually, we talked briefly, because I was going to ask you whether you think any champions are going to move in this draft, but I know you've got, that makes you twitch a little bit in your head. Yeah, maybe that's why I forgot there was a draft because I like blocked this exact thing out of my mind. Um, well, champions won't move, will they? They'll just be forced to swap belts by dad. Um, it was Adam Pierce last year with the Street Profits and the New Day and the colours of the straps being the deciding factor. Let's let them try. Like, let's say that Drew McIntyre is WWE champion by then. I want to see Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns not fight. I didn't really love the Survivor Series match. I want to see them be made to swap belts. Yeah. I want to see, I want to see Adam Pierce look the tribal chief in the eye and say, give that belt to Drew McIntyre. Why? Well, because you're on raw and the, uh, the, the, the strap's blue. No, I asked why I've got to give him the belt. You've just told me a lot of nonsense. Because uh, the strap's blue. <laughs> Get me a red strap. Okay, we'll get Roman a red strap. Like, uh, something like that as a set piece, just to sort of get Roman to flex a little bit. Not like he'll be anywhere near Raw, as long as it's not the no. uh, flagship anymore. <laughs> he wouldn't wipe his ass with the Raw, <laughs> like, ring skirt. Um, yeah, champions could move because belts will instead. They've, they've done every version of moving a champion in a draft. 
you've had multiple champions on one show that they've then had to like try and figure out on a pay-per-view afterwards. You've had belt swaps last year. You've had champions forced to surrender their titles as per move into other shows. They've done every single way of doing it, almost as if they make the rules up as they go along and forget the old rules. And I have absolutely no doubt they'll do it again this year too. If they just get those lists up, <laughs> if I don't know his name and I'm not going to check it out. So from now on, I'm just going to call him Foxy the Robot. <laughs> if Foxy the Robot wants, uh, <laughs> wants the Raw secondary champion over on Smack, if you want, if Foxy the Robot's binary has gone wild and his ones and zeros have started adding together and he wants two secondary titles on SmackDown, then by God, give them him. He can have the United States champion. And they can both just exist on SmackDown. Commentate, Michael Cole can ask every week, can the Intercontinental and US champion coexist? <laughs> like they love asking that. They can just ask it every week on the show. Yeah. I, I, uh, do you know what? The only thing I think of, and we're going to, I want it to transition to me onto the next point here, um, is wouldn't it be great if they drafted, I'm going to talk more about getting NXT people on into this draft or being allowed to be picked as part of this draft, perhaps uh, in a sec. But if they drafted the tag team champions, the female tag team champions, and just unify those goddamn belts, right? Uh, what with the NXT ones? With the NXT, so the NXT ones. So um, I'd love to see Candice LeRae on main roster. Maybe it'd be a bit awkward with the whole Indy Hartwell stuff and that Dick Dexter Loomis storyline. Although it might be wrapped up by then. It is August at the end of the day. Um, and then yeah, just because what is it? I genuinely had to think for a second there who the main roster female tag team champions are just one set of female tag belts because I mean, who's left for Tamina and Natalia to face? I'm in favor of it. Um, it was, it looked earlier this year, like that their belts were going to morph to become an NXT property anyway, before we got our own ones established. I think it's wishful thinking at this point. I don't think WWE would have set the NXT ones up if they didn't have a view of believing them to be, believing two sets of women's tag belts to be necessary when they've made no effort to build a women's tag division. So I think we're stuck with that, unfortunately. But I've seen dafter pitches because they might look, let's say by um, August or September, whenever this draft falls, uh, Indy Hartwell and Candice LeRae are two, have got the belts and they're two wrestlers that the main roster would like. Mm. Then I could see that as a way to get them there if only to have them lose the belts pretty quickly. Or for that matter, for them to pass the belts on to somebody else so that they can do that. You know, like if mm. Ember Moon and Shotty Blackheart are probably more realistic example. If the main roster wanted those two for whatever reason, you put the belts on them just to send them back up, mm. just to put the belts together. Then I, I don't think it's going to happen. I think we're we're stuck with both divisions, um, even though one especially feels particularly unnecessary. Do you think NXT will or, or should be involved with this? And I, you know, you can feel free to just have it be. You can cherry pick. I don't know three people from NXT for each brand or NXT is actually physically involved. I sincerely doubt NXT would be there. Dates would have been mentioned as part of it, but you know, maybe a talent exchange there. Cause we've always talked about, you know, people not necessarily going back to NXT cause they can't wrestle, but just, you know, someone like a Dolph Ziggler would have a new lease of life down there. Wouldn't he? Yeah. Um, God, I really hope so. I feel like we kind of discussed this quite a lot. Um, my gut is saying, no, there won't be anything to do with this. Um, but my heart is saying, please let them be a part of this. I would like, if I had my way, like, you know, like ECW, that like some of the wrestlers were a bit like 
hodgepodge and Paul Heyman used to find the best in his in his performers. And a lot of the times it was people that had been released from WWE or WCW or people that couldn't quite get signed by the big two. And like a lot of people called it like the island of misfit toys. Like NXT is increasingly becoming the island of CrossFit toys. Like they're all super fit, super athletes. But I'm just sick of seeing them in the same rotation. And I need a change. And NXT is part of the WWE week. Now, it's it's the best part. It is. It's consistently better than Raw. Oh, everything's consistently better than Raw. <laughs> like, intermittent hemorrhoids is consistently better than Raw. But, like, it's it's better than SmackDown, too. It, it is. NXT is better than SmackDown. And um, I just find... I think that, like, the, the main criticism I have of NXT is that feeling that so many wrestlers there have been smashing the face off its ceiling for such a long time. Yeah. Um, my dream booking of how to kind of get around this because they're not you're right they're not going to be involved in the draft in the traditional way where you've got three podiums and three GMs and all that sort of stuff. Mine would be a um a talent exchange of sorts where NXT wrestlers are open to be drafted and then for every NXT wrestler that is drafted William Regal is permitted to snatch back in response. So let's say Adam Cole gets drafted, William Regal can pick someone from Raw SmackDown to take his place on oh. the show. So if NXT loses six wrestlers, you're guaranteed to get six new ones in their place. Just something like that. Something like that dares to actually show a bit of logic, mm. that dares to maintain the idea that these are sporting rosters, carefully thought about by the, the various people in charge of the sporting rosters. And let's say this six, which I don't think is an unrealistic number, six people from NXT across two brands is, what, three three on each? It's not even a lot, is it? But imagine what benefits six new faces to NXT could be. Yeah, in place in place of departing names that you're kind of a little bit sick of that have done everything. That would be my dream way of doing this. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash post. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Before we go any further, though, this podcast is brought to you by Rocket Money. Do you ever feel like money is just flying out of your account and you've got no idea where it's going? Well, it's all those subscriptions. I mean, think about it. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it is endless. I'm guilty of this, so I used Rocket Money to help me find out what subscriptions I'm actually spending money on, and it was more shocking than a wrestling betrayal. You see, Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in cancelled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. That's rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. 
Right, let's get into it then. Let's talk uh, about these necessary moves in the draft. I've just distracted myself by looking at last year's and going, Raw had the chance to draft both Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura. They were a tag team, so they were a two-for-one deal. (laughs) No, we really need to get in Elias and Lacey Evans before that. They were picks above bloody Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura. Sweet. Anyway, I'm going to close that down because it's just going to annoy me. But um, yeah, we're talking about who needs to move in the WWE draft. Uh, which names pop out to you as someone who probably needs it the most of everyone? Well, like we're gonna have to start with the obvious, aren't we? Slapjack. He's uh, he's not been featured on SmackDown since the big Retribution split, obviously. Um, no, not Slapjack. Never Slapjack. He's the answer to every question. It's just that nobody asked the question in the first place. I thought he was actually managed just just hovering above both brands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can work whatever. Basically, WrestleMania season comes around and Slapjack's name's first on the board. Like, what are we doing with those Slappy J? No, um, my first pick, very seriously and very earnestly, is Asuka. Um, SmackDown is the A show now, that much is clear. And Asuka's first reward for carrying the Raw brand at various points in the very, very early days of the pandemic was to be gifted the woman's title from Becky Lynch. It was a great moment on two counts there. Obviously, it was nice for Becky Lynch to be able to celebrate this wonderful news. But also, there was a sense that um, the belt was going to the right person. Rarely do you see a belt handed over and people celebrate it. It's almost always derided. Why is it not being vacated? Why are we not having a tournament? Aren't belts supposed to mean stuff? But Asuka felt like the exact right person to be given that belt to, so much so that people just celebrated the moment instead. There was not a shred of criticism about a belt being handed to somebody else. Asuka held the belt really well. Um, she was folded into the Bailey and Sasha storyline for better and worse. But after that, she was completely neglected and forgotten about. And by the time she lost to Rhea Ripley, her title reign felt about six months out of date. I don't even think that's an exaggeration, to be honest. Um, and she's just floated ever since. It was very sad and slightly maddening to see how bored they've, they'd gotten of Asuka by the end of 2020. And she can only float for so long before she becomes an irrelevance again. She worked so hard to get back from being an irrelevance that she doesn't deserve to be made to be one now. She doesn't deserve to be marginalised. And I just think, I don't know, in a women's division that is already crying out for talent, she goes in right at the very top of it. Yeah, I was yeah, slightly problematic because my first pick, the first name that just popped into my head as soon as we said the words WWE draft, well, actually, the first name that popped into my head was Zach Gibson because he's the only person who could save Monday Night Raw and the mm-hmm. bloody promo time to give people. But... Not having that for the time being. It's Shayna Baszler. I can't get her out of my head at the moment. (laughs) Please, someone save her. Because like you say, you move her to SmackDown and you just let her wrestle in singles matches against Bianca Belair, against Sasha Banks, against Bayley. Like, it's... uh, 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 Why hasn't it happened already, if anything? I mean, I don't know how you (laughs) you have to turn Bayley and Sasha babyface a little bit more because Shayna can't do babyface. But are you sensing she's going to be dead in the war after that means if she's not already after the back of this? I can say it all I want now because I'm not at home. Alexa Bliss storyline. <laughs> uh, she is one of the names right at the top of everyone's list, I think, in terms of just a move literally anywhere off Monday Night Raw. Yes. Um, you've kind of given me quite a nice segue into one of my other ones there as well. Um, it would be Bailey to Raw. Uh, Raw has become the B-show with quite alarming speed uh, since obviously SmackDown became the the moneyed endeavour of WWE 
And Bailey's obviously been such a vital part of SmackDown. She's a history maker in that women's division. Um, but I think like, well, the reasons are like minimum twofold to get her off SmackDown. I think it's healthy for her to experience some sort of separation from Sasha Banks. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Sasha, what's interesting is that Sasha is currently in the middle of a break that could well stretch as long as her walkout did in 2019. She left after WrestleMania and didn't come back till just after SummerSlam. She may do the same again here, but this is obviously under very different circumstances. She's selling the, the heartbreak of this defeat and just maybe taking a well-earned rest. Um, Bailey, in the meantime, has kept going. And I'm, you know, making a secret of being probably like the biggest Bailey fan out there. But even I now feel like she's kind of starting to outlive her usefulness on SmackDown. Everybody on on that SmackDown roster, limited and gutted as it is, has benefited as much as they can from Bailey. Not just as an opponent on screen, but as somebody that is clearly like a big supporter backstage, a big advocate for women's wrestling, somebody that seems to go to bat for everybody that wants to get everybody some ideas, that wants to help, you know, that wants to coach, all that sort of stuff. Um, Raw it's starting to increasingly look like the main roster's version of a developmental. At this point, they will chuck matches on there that are of a wretched standard. And I think Bailey could like pull the nose up on that a little bit. I think she'd provide great matches for your Rhea Ripley's as a woman's champion um, for Shayna Baszler if she's stuck there still on Raw. But I just think it's, it's a bit like talking, not, not that Bailey is at this like level of age and experience, but it's a bit like putting dropping Christian into AEW. You kind of not only want to see what they can do with the people on screen, but it's what you imagine she can do maybe for morale backstage or for helping backstage. And I just think, like, the draft over the years has become... I always go back to the Seth Rollins quote. Nah, it's not like over on SmackDown, the ropes are red. Like, <laughs> it becomes increasingly like that now. You get somebody on a new show and two weeks later, it's like they've been there for years. Um, but I think with Bailey, it's a draft where we'd probably get the benefit of the things that we don't necessarily see dark arts stuff that would see a broader improvement for the division at large as a result of somebody like her being part of that locker room. I feel bad because I'm just looking at these picks that I've got and that they're, they're almost all get someone to off raw, get them to SmackDown because it feels like, <laughs> well, that's the good show. So get them to that. So I'm trying to avoid that and just suggest someone who I think has done a lot on SmackDown and there is scope for him to do more. I don't think it's necessary that he needs to leave, but I think, You've got three hours to fill. We talk about how often it just bloody drags. And I know I joked about, oh, well, give, give Zach Gibson a 20-minute promo and he'll have me enthralled each week. Sammy Zayn. Just put him... Same. Put Sammy Zayn. Yes. Put him in front of centre of Monday Night Raw. Put him being an annoying git in the world title picture because it's Sammy Zayn and he can sell anything. Sammy Zayn is often criticised and it's like often quite gentle and it's in that ribbon sort of way, but a number of wrestlers have come out before. Remember that skit they even did where Sammy's trying to plan the match and I think it's Seth and Roman or Dean and Roman are like, God, this guy's going on a little bit and GBH to the A. <laughs> like that's this whole shtick. Sammy talks and talks and talks and talks and talks and people love it. It's affectionate. But people are like, Jesus Christ, mate, give it a rest. Probably when they listen to me on these podcasts. But like, <laughs> Raw, as you say, is a perfect stage for that. Like, I will take 20 minutes of not being able to shut that guy up versus screaming, shut up at the Miz, Charlotte <laughs> Flair, or whoever is given the Drew McIntyre, whoever's given the job of that 20 minutes on Raw, give it to Sammy's in every week. Like, call it call it Sammy's section. 
and just let him have half an hour ranting on the things he wants to. Like a, like the opening to the film Network, where he's like, he's mad as hell and he's not going to take it anymore. Or he's hopping mad and he just wants something in the middle if you want to go down the Alan Partridge route. <laughs> just have Sammy Zayn play that part to the point where he becomes... So he becomes the perfect heel in the context of Raw, but he becomes the perfect baby face for the six people left that still do Raw reviews once a week. <laughs> we, we need him. Yeah, one of the few people I actually would make concerted notes for if he cut a promo. Those uh, <laughs> are going the other way. I said I have a list of people. I'm just going to rattle a couple of them off because it feels like either or both is absolutely fine by me. And it's an open goal, but it's Mustafa Ali and Ricochet, of course. Yeah, the thing about Ricochet and I guess Mustafa Ali as well, ultimately, is that they've become two of the guys. We talked about this on the Raw review earlier this week. They've become two of the guys that everybody says why aren't these two on Raw when they're having bangers on main event? And I see that and I just think, mate, just watch main event. Why are you wishing them on a Raw? Like, if I was a wrestler, I'd want to be drafted on a main event at this point. Like, they've found a sweet spot being in Vince McMahon's blind spot. Mm. Like, they're not getting booked on Raw. They're not getting booked on Raw and subsequently they're not getting buried. Then suddenly, Mustafa Ali gets, Mustafa Ali gets this opportunity and it's as the leader of, like, one of the worst stables of all time. Certainly 1A to Zelina Vega's 1B. Ricochet like gets gets found hiding in catering and he's like not even dressed to work and they're like don't care mate can you do flips in your jeans because take your top off you're going out there Seamus is going to deck you I've got like, to you to wearing a hat too <laughs> it just feels like um things were fine for them until they got like pulled into Raw's death grip again so yeah Smackdown feels like a, a nicer gentler location for them I you know when people say I'm on both sides of this, right? I empathise with my learned fellow dadly, Michael Sidgwick, when he criticises Smackdown on a Saturday morning. Um, before the quote tweets come in, and then I go running a mile and leave him to fight his own war. But I empathise with the take, because I think he's right. I, I, I think there's probably a little bit too much praise divvied out to Smackdown, personally, for my personal tastes. Um, but one of the things I think he pictures when he's being critical of Smackdown is Vince McMahon sat in Gorilla behind that SmackDown stage, just like he is at Raw. And it's really hard to imagine that those two, th those two things can be that different when that same man is sat in that seat. And I just feel like if they drafted Ricochet to SmackDown, it's as if it would have happened under his nose to the point where when he sees Ricochet going through Gorilla, it's going to be a bit like in 2000 when he took his glasses off in that meeting and said, who the hired Raven? <laughs> like... He's going to look to whomever's tasked with, like, kind of putting the SmackDown roster together. They said, the hell brought him over. I specifically put him in an oversized jacket and skinny jeans on Raw. I do not expect the Fox executives to have to look at him. So I, I just feel like Ricochet, out of spite, would suffer the same fate again if he got the move. Main event. Just let them live and breathe on main event. Like, I'm going to start campaigning for all your favourites to work there as, like, a secondary NXT. Or as much as we're sat there saying, yeah, let's have, you know, just as just because I mentioned earlier, Dolph Ziggler or Cesaro on NXT, just let Ricochet go back to NXT and be involved in the world title picture. He could be one of the six. Well, this is it, you see. If they, if they bring in my, let's, let's brand it, and then they might go for it with a bit of alliteration. If they bring in the, uh, the Super Six, then we have a chance, don't we? Mm. We have um, a chance. Before I ask you a question that may defeat the entire point of this podcast... 
Uh, any final names? Because I've got a little game we can play. If you, if you haven't got any burning names you really want to mention. I've got, um, I've got two, sort of, actually. Um, I'm proposing a big swap. A big, a, a huge swap deal. It allows them, uh, like basically, that like say there's two headline picks, but also um, just refreshes the top of both shows and gives them a chance. I'm proposing that uh, Drew McIntyre and Big E swap rosters. I have started to um, develop a gut feeling that uh, Big E is not going to be the guy to dethrone Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like they've just got, for whatever reason, they're just maybe looking past him a little bit. Like it was one thing to decide that 2020 wasn't his year, but 2021 as well. I think you just risk damaging the momentum that he was really starting to build up last summer. Um, but he is as good as a headline babyface. He just has kind of fallen out of favour of being in those headline programmes. Wouldn't happen on Monday Night Raw. I'm not particularly mad keen on like saying, right, we have to have all three of the New Day together. So if you want to kind of keep things as they are, by all means, send the New Day to SmackDown as a tag team or send Woods there as a singles guy maybe and try that try that mix. But, um, but I'm really curious to see on what is now the B show, on what is now the proving ground, Big E get the Drew McIntyre run. Big E get the show if he can be a man that can then be helped to be made by this machine. Similarly, Drew McIntyre has stumbled against Roman Reigns before, but I would buy him as a competitor now. He is made. He is a guy that if Brock is off the table, if The Rock is off the table, they could absolutely go back to Drew McIntyre versus Roman Reigns for a WrestleMania match. And it'd be a big one. And Drew is already looking like one of them kind of like perfect company guys as well. So he just strikes me as like he's all but ready for SmackDown. Like not, not to say that like Raw's nothing and SmackDown's the big leagues, because that's not the case. But Drew just like I just think we dislike him less on SmackDown. Yeah, I think that's I think a, bit less, like I think say, a bit less of a whiner. Yeah, it's 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 changing the scenery slightly, but I think it might be necessary for someone like Drew McIntyre. So what I thought is you could almost say anyone on the main roster could probably do with with switching shows. So I'm just I've got the main roster um, open here, wwe.com forward slash superstars. So I'm just scrolling. You tell me to stop. I'll hold it and tell you if there's someone on this screen who I think should move shows and that, and then we'll wrap up. I love it. This is like the draft lottery, isn't it? Like <laughs> so we're going to end up like if if it like lands on both our pictures at the same time, where well, we swap places and you'll be in my house and I'll be in the studio all of a sudden. <laughs> Actually, that'll be I that that'll be ideal because I finished work soon and like this this period of the afternoon is before kids' bedtime is the longest period of the day. So I'm going to go with Adam Will one of my clavier. No, uh, stop. Okay. Oh, they got got a few few choices here. To be fair, okay. I mean, reckoning still on here, so I'd like her to be <laughs> preferably in, in uh in on. Uh, <laughs> I'd like reckoning to be drafted to being a wrestler again. <laughs> I tell you what, they need to update this sodding page because Gronk's still on here, and he's kind of busy, you know, <laughs> winning the Super Bowl. <laughs> I love the I love the idea of me like shouting stop and. Uh, and Adam Wilborn has confirmed that Bruno Sammartino will be moving to Monday Night Raw. <laughs> um, so the ones I can see, Otis, get him away from the the, 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 the academy, get him on his own, get him on Raw. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe that's even <laughs> do, what they, do what they did with Tucker, shave him and put him in trousers so he looks sad. Right, let's conclude uh, by asking a question, as I said, that might negate everything we just talked about. Will the draft actually change anything? Because normally it's like, oh, you're just moving around deck chairs on the Titanic. But it feels like 
there's stages to this, isn't there? It's like fans come back, money in the bank, uh, you know, fans at the roar after money in the bank. And then you've got SummerSlam. Then you've got this draft. Is this hopefully a, is this just wishful thinking from me? Or is it, is it the beginning of hopefully, you know, a genuine change within WWE? No. Um, it's not. It's not. But um, I'll be a I'll be a rose in the desert just this one time. Uh, not in a long time has a draft existed where the company might Vince McMahon. I say the company is Vince. Vince might remember that somebody exists. Uh, a draft might force their hand in a way where that new coat of paint, that new, that change of scenery, whatever, um, might pluck a wrestler. I'll, I'll go back to one of the examples, like a biggie, who's just not in a feud on SmackDown and hasn't really been Liv in Morgan. one since losing. Yeah, like Liv Morgan. There's loads. There's loads that just aren't really. Like, Kevin Owens is going to, as of this recording, is probably going to fight Sami, Sami Zayn at Hell in a Cell again. Like, that means he's doing nothing, ultimately. If you're going to Zayn and Owens again, that means, like, neither have got anything going on. So the idea of either of them moving shows away from each other, Zayn or Raw, I had as one of mine as well, top ones. Let's use him perhaps as the best example. Um, that will be so new and so warmly received in this old new atmosphere of fans being back in the building that one person, I, I don't think, I think, like, I think it's almost fair to say it won't make any difference at all, but with a little asterisk next to it that says, but it might for one. Like one person might be the beneficiary of all this, um, especially if they don't do the NXT thing. The NXT thing really does it'd be like a like a splash of colour for both main roster shows, and it'd be a huge injection of life into NXT itself. So I think that would be the best case scenario for all three brands. Um, but assuming it's just Raw and SmackDown, one superstar, male or female, will benefit to such a degree. Here we go. One drafted superstar will be in one of the main events of WrestleMania. A hell of a shout. I do hope you're right. But let us know your thoughts on the WWE draft. Lots of time to go before then. So we'll talk about it in great detail, of course. Uh, on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Well, actually, they can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Hamlet at Michael Hamlet. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE, as I said. Make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. But this has been Get the Table. My thanks to Michael Hamlet. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon.